Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. It's John Massengill sitting in the studio with Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green has joined us over Zoom. How are you, Les? Oh, man, doing good. You know, I brought this big box of Girl Scout cookies <laughs> in, and I don't know, they're evaporating or something. Uh, yeah, I, I mowed through a couple of those myself. Jonathan Green, how are you, buddy? Any better, it would hurt. No, I'm fine, thank you, sir. Um, I'm here in my little, my little mini studio, and uh, me and Murphy are ready to go. Awesome. Well, we have a fun show for you tonight, and we're going to jump right into it because we have our first guest already joined us via Zoom. Because there's some big news at Circuit of the Americas this week, and we jumped right on it and gave him a call and said, we need to talk to this gentleman because Mark Panis is with him. He's the new president for strategy and corporate growth. Mark, welcome to Speed City. Thanks for having me, guys. Man, I don't know if that's daunting or not to get called to the carpet by Speed City. <laughs> no, it's not daunting. <laughs> it is an easy phone call to take. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Looking forward to speaking with y'all. Uh, well, good. Mark, well, you could not be joining Circuit of the Americas at a better time. You've got, you're coming off this massive USGP. All, you had a fantastic year last year with MotoGP, and they're coming back. Yeah. And the, the new asphalt out there. And hopefully, we're coming out of this pandemic, if we keep our fingers crossed, knock on wood. So it's an exciting time for you to be joining. Sure, it's a really exciting time. Uh, you know, in addition to all the uh, positives you mentioned, you know, the track um, over a decade uh, took some time to mature and really develop a, a homegrown uh, U.S. audience. And then uh, run in parallel to that, it was uh, working on getting... Um, master planning approval of uh, through the processes with Travis County and the city of Austin, those, uh, those were approved right before the pandemic. So um, a lot of the initiatives that I think our chairman, uh, Mr. Bob Epstein and the, uh, the rest of the ownership group uh, had envisioned were tabled during the uh, pandemic as a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, planning and, you know, uh, initiatives were just across the board for sports entertainment and all kinds of aspects of life. We're coming out of that uh, in a big growth growth mode right now. And as you said, you know, we just hosted the largest uh, Grand Prix uh, of all time, largest Grand Prix weekend. So uh, it's an exciting time at, at the circuit. Yeah, that's fun to say, isn't it? The largest Grand Prix of all time in Formula One. Yeah, well, that's cool. Well, Mark, I want you to talk about your background. You have a very impressive background and a very diverse background. So just Give a little uh, intro so people know a little bit more about you. Well, I'm thanks for that. I'm, I'm 30 years into the pro sports and sports media and entertainment industry. Uh, I did 10 years of it at Madison Square Garden. I was with the Knicks the whole time. I had a, a variety of different roles there, culminating with uh, being chief marketing officer for the Knicks. Um, I'm an attorney by training. I did that nights while I was working at the Garden. Um, I went and became a banker. For a number of years over in london where i set up a global sports practice and happened to have a number of f1 drivers in that practice and some uh some MotoGP drivers and and you really if you pick a pick a global sport we we had uh, we had athletes and institutions in those sports as clients and then uh um i was fortunate enough to become um uh, a ceo in the leadership position really for a couple different uh, uh football clubs soccer clubs uh you know the italian syria giant as roma and most recently, uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps of MLS. So um, I've been able to do a lot of different things, uh, but always with the through line of, of sports. And it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Impressive. Go ahead, Jonathan. 
Yeah, Mark, I, what, what interested you to this? Like you say, you've got a diverse background, football, basketball, and all the rest of it. But it looks, looking at your career as though you like, you like a challenge. Um, what, what was interesting about the CODA idea? Uh, the, the vision for what's coming in the next decade at CODA, you know, the second decade is, uh, is really, uh, it's really exciting. Um, I'm, a, I'm a builder by, uh, I guess, by, by background. At some point, you know, you, uh, you are what your, what your resume says you are. And so um, I love stepping into situations where there's a lot of upside, a, a lot of work and, uh, and stuff that crosses, you know, the financing pieces of it, the, the strategy and planning pieces of it, the design pieces, and then ultimately um, putting, in, putting them in place and, and uh, building stuff and, and getting it operating uh, at a very high level. And that's our goal really is to, is to bring a whole bunch of new initiatives uh, to circuit the Americas and, and have them really perform at an elite level and turn it into uh, really a unique destination in, uh, in global uh, sports and, and kind of family entertainment. You know, you, you typically have entertainment locations or you have major sporting locations. And the vision here is to have really um, um, a, a number of, you know, family sports and entertainment offerings wrapped around the engine of, you know, the best new track that's been built in, I don't know, decades. So it, it's, a, it's a very exciting combination. That was awesome. I had an interesting conversation last week with somebody that asked, I'm coming to Austin, what, what, when should I come? What, what are the plans or whatever? And I got talking with him. I was like, well, there's a little bit of everything. And, you know, the music, all of that. And the joke was, well, yeah, you're going to take me out to Coda, aren't you? I said, of course. You know, and so. in fact, you can encapsulate everything at Coda. <laughs> yep. Well, Mark, uh, can you talk about some of the things that you're going to, jump in on that are already going and, and possibly some of the new projects? Yeah, so much of this is about um, weaving existing initiatives, existing assets that, that the Circuit of the Americas campus has with, uh, with some new initiatives. So, you know, we have an awesome, you know, elite level uh, track. We're building out the, the car condos. I don't know if you guys had a chance to talk about them. Yeah, the T11 car condos, amazing, right? Um, so that's, you know, those two, that combination tees up perfectly for a private driving club, a super, um, you know, exclusive private driving club on, you know, the best track in the Americas. Right. And, uh, and then you overlay that with, you know, uh, we're blessed with, with good weather here in, uh, in Austin for all but a handful of really, really hot months and it gets dark late. So there's, even when we're doing track rentals for OEMs, or if you have teams that come on come out and and want to be doing some some testing or you have something like a, a skip barber racing school coming out they're still done by say five o'clock 5 30 and you get a couple hours daylight so the idea that that we can tap the track and have it running um for people who want to come out and uh, and sharpen their racing skills and just experience the thrill of driving one of the best tracks in the world there's all kinds of those opportunities but but it goes way beyond that our chairman's really been working on, um, you know, we have, uh, we're in the planning stages and, you know, with all these things, by the way, there's a caveat, you got to get them across the line. You got to get them financed. You still have to go through the approvals. Uh, but, you know, we're looking at um, bringing a, a hotel to the campus, which would then, you know, serve as an engine for all kinds of other things like a, a water park. You know, um, we're talking about um, expanding the amusement park assets that we have right now. We've just ordered about $20 million worth of, uh, you know, world-class roller coasters oh, to have on site uh you know you start to lay those things together with uh with some other uh planning that we have um and uh and you start to see that it really becomes a multi-day destination and and so the goal would be can we pull all these together and then you know momentum breeds velocity right and so the the idea there is at some point it just becomes it tips over and it just becomes a place that people feel they just have to get to and and experience yeah, this is kind of what I envisioned from Coda from day one, and it's it. I, you know, things take time, right? And there's sure. there, you know, there's different challenges, but this is what we had had envisioned that there could be everything from hotels to to uh, race teams and you know, manufacturing industry coming around Coda. But if right. you look around Austin, this has happened. It's not necessarily all right in Coda, but there are 
There are race shops all over Austin now. There's guy. There is some light manufacturing around racing here in Austin now. So all those things have come to our city, and I mean it's just natural that they should come around Coda. But um, uh, go ahead. Absolutely, and in, and in fact, you know, there's no doubt that we're looking on bringing a, um, a high performance technology center. Um, you know, the track is designed so that the back half of the track can can uh, can run on its own, and that can be really important. You know, the loading time is, as y'all know, the loading time for MotoGP and particularly for F1 can be, you know, much more than a week, uh, as it should be because of the size of the spectacle and the sophistication of the racing. And frankly, the, the you know, the, the way you have to optimize every element of it to make sure that not only is the track going to be as fast as it can be and is it going to be as great a viewing experience as it can be, but that it has the highest safety levels that it can have for, for all, of, all of those that are uh, racing. And so when you do that, you, in the current setup, you know, we really can't use the track because, uh, you know, you're working on so, so many things around the main grandstand and the paddocks and so forth. You know, we're really looking at can we perhaps put a, uh, um, put a second paddock in on the back half um, and run the back half of the track so that when the front half is in preparation for major events, we can still keep part of the track hot. Those are the type of things I think that turn it into really a true 365 day facility for someone who's, who's working on, on, on race performance and innovation. We're also looking at bringing in uh, you know, a high performance maintenance um, uh, facility for people to bring in their supercars. Because as you said, around Austin, like, there is no uh, uh, shortage of, of of muscle and, and aerodynamic engineering for sure. There's some, there's some fantastic, fantastic, um, racing equipment. You know, folks, there's one thing that I get asked frequently is how does the place exist with just formula one and just motor GP and just, you know, NASCAR for instance. And I tell them, I was like, you know, it hasn't been too long ago that, uh, Eric paradise told me that it was well over 40 weeks a year were booked with activities. Yep. That we're not necessarily spectator. This weekend, you had a big SCCA event out there. I think That's there right. was 350 some odd cars registered for yeah. it. I mean, yeah, the, it's, the Mazda Nation showed up with over 70 cars on grid. <laughs> No, no, that, that's that's exactly right. You know, I think this February we have two days that aren't hot. The track wow. is hot, you know, for 26 days, which is awesome, right? And by the way, it is so cool because, as y'all know, you have the different classes of cars, right? It's so you know, at 10 in the morning, hmm. you'll see just a whole series of you know, you see a series of Porsches out there, like this is amazing. And then by two o'clock in the afternoon, you're seeing an entirely different series, and by 4:30, another one, and they're all getting out there and putting their laps in. Um, it is, it's, it's impressive, uh, but it also speaks to, to your point that just because it isn't one of the three main headline events, and by the way, those are as big as any in the world, right? Those, those, uh, those series, uh, there's a lot going on on the track that, that, uh, that doesn't reach that level, but very few things can reach that level from a, from a public spectacle and, a, and, uh, an attendance standpoint. Yeah. You know, Mark, there was one of the things that was asked after I got back from Germany and got to take some public laps on the ring and had a good time there. And, and uh, Eric Paradise and I spoke about it. And there's a way that on Thursday evening, for instance, we were there, the track was open for two hours and you basically paid for one lap at a time, like a toll road <laughs> going through that. And I keep yeah. getting asked, how do, how do we get that to happen at Coda? And so I'm going to come <laughs> knock on your door. We're going to have that discussion. <laughs> no, they, they tease me because I have whiteboards up. <laughs> Pretty much if there's any open space on the walls in my office, it's covered with whiteboards because we're trying to map stuff out and see where we can go. And the uh, the buy lap, um, you know, <laughs> put your card in, swipe as you go, go out onto a hot, hot track. Uh, that's up there. I don't know if we'll ever get there. You know, I think we have um, uh, we have some different ideas, but uh, but it's under consideration as there are just many, many uh, ways we're trying to unlock the experience for for people who just can't get enough of uh of an elite uh driving experience okay you can put us in that group yeah there you go hey there you know you go. mark we've got we've got uh reams of our old google docs going back to 2012 <laughs> that we're going to help you fill up that whiteboard oh, yeah. so hey guys let's get a quick break in let's get a break in and we'll come back and we'll have more with mark from circuit of the americas back after these messages
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Super Lab Battle USA is back at Circuit of the Americas, February 18th through the 20th. It's the ultimate time attack challenge, where top drivers compete for the fastest lap times in fully tuned track-built cars. Featuring the Grid Life Touring Cup, Lone Star Draft Ride-Alongs, food trucks, a Just Vibes car show, and more. Plus, the Life Motorsports Nissan GTR is back to defend its time of 207-181. It's a whole weekend of family fun. Tickets are $12 online. Find out more at superlapbattleusa.com. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP-inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Bob Varsha, commentator for sports cars, Barrett Jackson, collector car auctions, and more. You're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. We need to get Bob's uh, little bumper there updated because he's doing Formula E now. Yeah. So... <laughs> and Formula Extreme. And that's extreme. right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. I don't think he had that in there as well. Well, if and you, Speed City. <laughs> that's true. He does need to add Speed City. If you don't, if you were not with us in the first segment, we have Coda's Mark Penas. He's the new president for Strategy and Corporate Growth, and we are talking about just that, about what are the possibilities, the things that could and and will happen at Coda. But but Mark, let's just step back a little bit now, and um, I, I want to ask you this. I, 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 in your position, you've done so many things. What made you think that this, you know, what, what, just why did you decide to take on this challenge? Because it's, you know, Coda is a, is a big behemoth. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a big part of it. That's exciting, right? You had, uh, on top of it, you have an excellent, uh, ownership group that's been quite stable, right? Super stable ownership group over the last decade. And then, and then, you know, you can layer on a real appetite from our chairman on down through our staff. Um, to really engage uh, the community, um, you know, the vision for Coda's growth really tracks along with the vision for Central Texas, you know, the greater Austin area's growth. And, uh, and I think that's why you see, you know, Coda has developed over time a, um, a place in people's minds that, uh, that it is a, it's a go-to in the community, right? So when um, they needed vaccination sites, you know, Coda ended up being a, a place for four different counties. Um, when, you know, when they roll out a Mother's Day food drive, they're able to collect enough, uh, enough food to generate 2 million meals over time. Um, and when, you know, anything, it's hurricane relief, you know, where do people go? Where are they looking to, uh, uh, to, to wrap their arms around and say, uh, this place is, uh, is part of our community. So for me, for someone who came down to Austin in 1986 to go to the University of Texas, um, uh, to, to see how the city's grown and to see that there is a real, a real, you know, 
muscular professional sports institution in town that uh, that wants to be a center of the community i mean that's that's a very special thing i really felt that this was a just a, an extremely unique opportunity and um and so when i started having some conversations uh with Ms. epstein earlier uh in the summer and joined on in uh in august um, um to do some consulting we just we've just been been working on what's the vision what's the growth how are we going to get there how are we going to make this place literally the premier sports and entertainment destination in, in north america and you know and it's sitting in the bullseye in the center of texas which is as a state's on wildfire growth right now so you know it all mm -hmm. kind of lined out perfectly and it's uh it's just awesome to 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 think about the potential that we have going forward obviously um austin itself i've been here now uh 11 years uh, and i i too was at uh, university here in dallas in the 80s and, and i've seen austin oh, go from being that small town but the biggest thing that strikes me today in 22 is just the the sheer tech uh yeah. movement from california and you know, I'm sure that's part of your plan to involve the Dells, the Cisco's, not that they may not already be involved, but but in a big way. I mean, Elon Musk's built a little tiny factory um, <laughs> just across the road from you. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you know, surely that must be part of I mean, we're not going to get into specifics, but I'm sure uh, as you, you know, sort of think about the future, that's got to be a big part of the plan. If there's one thing that's been the hallmark of of you know Formula One racing and and Moto uh, as well, but specifically Formula One, it has been always, always, always at the absolute forefront of technological innovation, and so that maps so well with not just these major companies that have uh, that are making huge investments into uh, into Austin, uh, the metro area but also the people who work on those companies, right? What's their appetite for engaging in, uh, in F1 and engaging in the, the most sophisticated cars and in, in watching um, uh, the, the, the technology that goes into the, uh, the engineering and the telemetry. It's just, you know, it, it, it aligns so well. And, uh, and I mean, remember when Austin didn't get Amazon too? People are like, oh, that was a missed opportunity. I mean, how many thousands of tech jobs, tens of thousands of tech jobs have poured into Austin since then? And, uh, and, and that's a cohort that, uh, that just has lined up so well with F1. And then, of course, you had the, the magic pixie dust that, uh, that the Netflix series has, has uh, sprinkled on those people and get them to realize if they were unaware of F1, just how amazing a sport it is. Yeah, and thinking about, you talk about Netflix, but look at the numbers from the, the two national platforms. You've got ESPN on television, satellite, uh, Sirius XM on mm -hmm. satellite radio, both of those. The the numbers coming out of there are huge, right? The, the increase in the viewership is just right. skyrocketed, like, uh, like nothing we've ever seen. So you're really, you're in the middle of the, what is probably the fastest growing major sport in the United States, which is saying something. Oh, it's. Absolutely is. And and the unbelievable thing is, if you look at the total penetration from a viewership standpoint or engagement standpoint, it's still fractional. You know, yeah, it's, it's it's a small part of the audience, which tells us that even though growth is just it's wildfire growth, tells us that there's a huge potential upside from here. And, you know, if you think about the, the five big sports leagues in the U.S., I mean, they're pretty mature right now. And in fact, some of them, you know, have their own issues in terms of fan base atrophy. You know, I, I mean, would you today rather be involved in F1 or baseball? If you know what I'm saying, I'm not <laughs> yeah. on baseball. I love, I love the the sport. It's a magical pastime. But you know, it, no one's saying, "My God, baseball's on a on a crazy growth curve right now." And uh, there's saturation on those sports, and this really appeals to a much younger demographic. And again, it's a very sophisticated demographic, so that bodes well, just in so many different in different ways for for the sport and and. The circuit in America is it's it's the it's the living breathing epitome of it in the Western Hemisphere. So, you know, awesome all of that has played up, and I've seen like so we've talked about Netflix for a couple of seasons now. How that has yeah. fed into the group and the demand, and then we said uh, in the first segment how this was the largest population, you know, largest attendance at any Formula One race throughout history. And I had to clarify that with somebody. I was like, no, no, yeah, no ever just Coda, the ever everywhere in the world. That's right. And then he goes, well, when are tickets going on sale? It's <laughs> like, if I knew, if I knew, and I, and I direct him to the website, there's an email alert to sign up for and all that. But yeah. that is, 
you know, to me, taking this guy that had near zero motorsport interest, got hooked by Netflix, heard about the, the record attendance, and now he's like knocking on the door, waiting on the tickets. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt. And by the way, just one, one little, little, little thing where we, we're going to beam for a little bit here um, as Coda is the previous record was at Silverstone. That was over four days of racing. So this was over three. Mm-hmm. Um, so that even, even, you know, speaks to the, to the, the, the massive achievement. And, and I, I I've got to say, you know, one thing that really surprised me when I got to Coda was how small the team is there relative to the output. I mean, it is really <laughs> impressive that the group is, uh, um, you know, it's not, uh, a very large group and yet it handles these massive events um and and what we just went through in the fall i mean how crazy was that moto f1 rolling stones and we even put on right after all of those you know what 20 odd nights of the Penman parkway holiday festival <laughs> that's the same group of people did all those events i mean it was jaw-dropping and <laughs> and look at the quality of the production all the way down the line so it's uh they're they're, they're battle tested and uh, and now as we head back into a more regular schedule um, I think, you know, it's, it gives us time to work on, on enhancing that consumer experience, uh, that fan experience in a much different way. And, l- and let's be honest, right? Cars aren't driving, you know, through the forest for two thirds of the track here, right? And, and this isn't a, a street setup where they're, you know, they're racing through a parking lot or they're racing in, in and out of a downtown where you, you, you know, you can't do much. Uh, our our group of Coda looks at the entire campus and says, how do we turn this into an unbelievable experience for the fans, whether it's building the super stage for the, for the, for the, you know, elite concerts that it does, or if you just go around to the different villages and attractions that it's had at, at F1, I mean, it was like, you could spend different parts of each day for three days there and, uh, and never come across the same thing twice. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, I wondered how, I mean, obviously, once everything gets hot, as it is in Formula One here in the States, everybody wants in on that product. And now we've got Miami and talk Mm -hmm. of Las Vegas. I'm sure you'll be, we've already booked our tickets. We're on our way, but I'm sure you'll be an interested party, whether you go physically, uh, but to see how they do it uh, and maybe learn something that makes sense. But really, in terms of how you look at this, the models are so different. Like you say, Miami is a street circuit. Vegas will be. Um, so can you, there's certain certain things you might be able to learn, but it's a very different model, isn't it? It it is a really good point, John. It is a different model, but I want to be very clear. They are not competitors. They are business partners with us and growing the sport in North America. We wish them every success. We want to learn from them. We hope there's things we can help them with as we go forward. But, you know, if we can get to a point where we have three races, uh, in the U S you're starting to get the critical mass and we're not concerned that some, uh, another race will supplant circuit of the Americas. Um, you know, we know we have a leadership position and we really want to see these other races thrive. The more people that can experience it, even in different settings and different formats and talk about three great cities, right? If we get Vegas to cross the line, it's like Vegas has its own amazing types of charm <laughs> that, uh, that make it a real, uh, unique destination, a unique global destination. Um, and then you have Miami, which is uh, really a gateway to the entire uh, Americas. And then you have Austin here, which is this really unique blend of, you know, uh, elite sophisticated tech corridor meets uh, Texas. Um, <laughs> and you overlay that, you know, that willy uh, cowboy hippie nexus. I mean, it's just, a, it's, a, it's a hell of a recipe. We're not changing. <laughs> <laughs> Hope not. <laughs> Well, Mark, we really appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Uh, we're very excited. We we wanted to hang out with you some more and talk about this whiteboard and see if we can help with that. We, uh, any, anything we can do. <laughs> we ordered course. 11 more. I bet one of them has Speed City on it. <laughs> but Mark, sure thank will. you. <laughs> thank you very much for coming on, and we wish you luck with uh, all the endeavors that you're about to jump into. Thanks. Anytime, guys. Happy to join you if you, if you, you know, um need information from us we're always there we consider you guys uh, a really important part of uh, of the connective tissue and the lifeblood for f1 fans and uh and what we believe is uh, is you know the best racing uh, uh platform experience circuit in the americas so thank you guys for all you do and i look forward to speaking with you soon all right Fantastic. thank you mark appreciate that all right talk to you soon bye bye 
All right, everybody, let's get a break in. And when we come back, we got some Formula One stories. We got a little NASCAR to talk about and a little bit more. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas, back after a quick break. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, guys. We are very excited to welcome our new sponsor, Allstop Brewery, to Speed City. These guys make a fantastic beer. And I'm going to let Jonathan talk about it. But I'm going to tell you about it. When I tasted it, I am... Not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But, Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right, and they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer, uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a, a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Mr. Haas, for bringing us back. And we're going to talk about the Haas F1 team. We're going to talk about Haas, and we're going to talk about some other car launches because we got Formula One, a little stirring up some activity. We're also going to talk about the cage match that NASCAR did today, a little bit later. And we're going to also talk about this huge, giant Lewis Hamilton story. So stay tuned for that tongue in cheek, firmly planted. Jonathan, what do you what do you think, what do you think about the new Haas? F- well, first of all, let's talk about the launch. That was kind of not really a launch, was it? Well, if you if you upload a photograph to the internet, is that <laughs> is that technically a Formula One launch? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what yeah, happened. You know, <laughs> can you really have a show with people in three different locations? They all have to be in the booth. Hey, it's legit to me. <laughs> I mean, I. I got a I got a a text from from Nikita Masipin saying that the big launch was going to be downtown Moscow, dancing girls, woolly hats, the whole you know 
drive around the Kremlin on, on, a, on you know, with him. That so, was... yeah, I'm looking forward to the big launch. No, that was lunch. There's a big lunch. Oh, lunch. <laughs> Lost in translation. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, you, no, yeah. I, Pot I, I, kettle. Yeah, I, it was a, I think it was a case of let's just get in before anybody else because we're not we're not going to make a big song and dance of it. Um, so they're first they're, they're first in one thing launches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're they're. they're... I, I don't mean to be rude when I say that, but, but they didn't seem like they really achieved much with it. That's right. So uh, February fourth is a couple of days ago. Friday we had uh, Haas. Let me tell you about what's happening this week. So uh, Red Bull February 9th. Aston Martin on the tenth. McLaren on the eleventh, and then Valentine's night. Don't get yourself in trouble. Alphatari. That'll take care of this week for you. There you go. Uh, which one of those are you looking forward to, Jonathan? I mean, what do you? Well, do you think- obviously, you know, I, I, my, my girlfriend is a racing car, so clearly AlphaTauri. Huh, there you go. Uh, let's see. Somebody quoted. Somebody's uh, asking some questions on Facebook and YouTube. By the way, thanks for watching on those. Give us a like on YouTube. Uh, are you guys in the studio? Somebody Dan Dan says on YouTube. Yes, Dan, we are in the studio. Les and I are in the studio. Jonathan is not. He is at his home studio here in Austin. But we're going to all be in the studio sooner than later. Um, but let's look at some of the other stories. So we got all the launches coming up. and um, But, Jonathan, you had some interesting things you put in the dock here. And one of them was um, talking about uh, uh, the F1 gossip about Verstappen to Mercedes. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, why not? In other words, because Hamilton, I'm back. Uh, Lewis, I'm back. Hamilton, um, you know, is up in the air as to his future. He might be back on social media, but he still hasn't said whether he's going to be racing or not. Yeah. So the question was, could, you know, could, could Verstappen fill that role? I think it's almost impossible, but that's how rumors get started in Formula One. Um, and yeah, it was, it's, it's worth a conversation. I want to hear Toto say, Hamilton, you're on the chopper. Yeah. <laughs> that was so bad. Uh, Helmut Marko <laughs> said, as I best as I could get. Come on. That <laughs> was what, Jonathan? Helmut Marko said, I don't think Max will leave us. Um, <laughs> and I think he makes him less likely to switch sides. Hey, and if you were if you were not privy to Twitter or Instagram or wherever he did it this weekend, Lewis Hamilton just tweeted and posted and says, I'm back. And that's all he said. He didn't say, I'm back, I'm coming back racing. He says, I'm back on social media. He just says, I'm back. It looked like he was standing in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, he's standing in the Grand Canyon. Okay. Or or, or is that the chasm between himself and the FIA? (laughs) Very nicely played, Mr. Green. Nicely played. Uh, So, yeah, that's (laughs) that's what... You crack you up. (laughs) Hey, I tried. um, I'm going to do a little... um, Diversion here, just less. I, I I didn't really watch this NASCAR insanity that the preseason start, but you got to watch some of this today. I, did. I watched the uh, the. Pro- you said it was actually kind of cool. It was actually pretty cool. Yeah, you know, it's taking care of. Uh, it was taking place in the L.A. Coliseum. You know, where historically, you know, the Olympics have been there. There's been so many cool events. You'll see the Supercross take place there, and that's always fun. But to have NASCAR construct a track on the floor of the Coliseum and run it. Well, that's quite a major feat, but here's one thing that was really cool. So they broke it down to like groups of 10 that would go out. And if, uh, if you've been to the local round around track it's very much that same format, you get eliminated. You know, if you're not in the top four or five, depending on who you're sanctioning with, and it goes through a series of elimination heats and then they keep advancing. So it was really cool. But the most amazing thing I saw was in heat three, I believe it was, we had three cars wide and we're talking about, gosh, I, th- I think it, you know, exaggerating might've been a quarter mile <laughs> oval. It, uh, it's <laughs> really tight. And so I, I absolutely loved it. It was, uh, fun to see that in, in what really reminded me of the, uh, the roots racing. Hmm. And that you'd see here at your local, you know, rodeo arena. Or Except small that track. it was in, in the, the L.A. Coliseum. What <laughs> exactly. a crazy uh, location and, and the amount of work they had to do. I was reading some article talking about all the, 
the work that they did to put it in there, and now they're going to yank it all out. You know, and I saw a lot of comments online talking about this isn't real racing. And I'm like, have you been to your local dirt track? This is, you know, your local small track, dirt track, asphalt, whichever. It's preseason. This so. is pretty serious. Yeah, I mean, and it's Great entertainment. You know, I, I give it to NASCAR for shaking it up a little bit. Let's try some things, right? I agree. What do you yeah. think about the whole format of that, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I mean, besides just, I mean, obviously I didn't get excited about it. It ain't the Daytona 500, and that's when, you know, that's when it all begins for me. Um, but what I like about NASCAR, and frankly, I think they're being forced into this. You know, Jeff Gordon's gone. Jimmy Johnson's gone. Um, Earnhardt's gone. So the big names that you could count on for your audience week in, week out, you know, as crowd pleasers, Carl Larson and Denny Hamlin and all these guys are great. Uh, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, great. But I think it's a transformational time for NASCAR. And what they're doing, what Steve Phelps and his team are doing is trying new things. And, like, and they had COVID to do that with terms of, you know, trying like Charlotte Roval, for example, uh, and more road courses like Cota. And, and, and all of them have been welcome. Uh, who would have said Austin could, could create a NASCAR crowd uh, as it did? Um, and we, you know, pleasantly surprised to see such an outpouring of fans, even despite the weather. So I think NASCAR's trying different things, trying to take its product to the crowd and putting it in a stadium like that is one way of doing. Yep. You know, the... Uh... It is. And I wanted to mention it with Mark earlier while he was online was that the thing that's unique, he alluded to spa walking through the woods to it. To, you know, so many of the city races or street races, uh, Monaco Coda is extremely unique in that you get to see more than a blip of a car going by. Yeah. You see, you know, a couple of seconds at any given view almost of these cars going by, whether it's formula one or, or any of the other, groups that comes through and that's highly unusual for a gp circuit mm -hmm. no he mentioned silverstone there and and to be honest um it's such a different thing or a different experience you know the british will, will put up with literally standing there in the rain and getting four seconds of hamilton zipping by every two minutes <laughs> um and that that suffices where whereas if i think if you took a section of that crowd and, and dumped them at, at turn one at coda they would be in awe uh, of what you can what you can see and what's available and the things you can do and how accessible drinks and food are, et cetera, et cetera, zip lining, you name it. Um, but I think that's, that, you know, that's, it's a good example. If Silverstone's the second most popular, it's such a different event because Silverstone is a bit like um, the 500 in that people camp and people stay and people come and, and you know, uh, make it their summer holiday. Um, at Silverstone, whereas this is definitely flying to Austin, three days, etc. But there's no reason, especially with NASCAR, that it couldn't create that. I know they've been making a lot of effort on the campgrounds and the RV uh, setup, and, and it is popular, but I'd love to see it more like a festival like that. Hey, speaking of NASCAR and CODA, we've gotten, of course, NASCAR coming back to CODA again. Last year was was huge. It was a huge crowd that turned out for that in the rain. But we got them coming back March 25th, 27th. But did you guys uh, hear about the hairball? I don't know. The hairball? That. Hairball coming to Dakota? Apparently. Oh, hairball are playing, yes. <laughs> yes, hairball are playing. I did. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Thank you. At the amphitheater. I didn't know how to answer that. I didn't know what a hairball was or who the hairball was. But apparently, Jonathan, you know about the hairball? Oh, absolutely. Cough one off each morning. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently they do like poor Murray. They do. Murphy, um, yeah. They they uh, compilations or something, or they. I don't even know what it is. I, you'll have to look it up. But I was kind of intriguing, and apparently that's going to be the after party um, that will happen on Saturday night. Will be hairball and driver appearances and all sorts of cool stuff. And they had a, also announced this week. There's a track pass, fifty nine bucks, get pre race concert, driver introductions, and pits and track all access all at NASCAR at Coda. But Hey, guys, let's take a break. I heard the fans are gagging for it. <laughs> they are. Let's take a break. A hissy and we got, we got some more motorsports fun for you after these messages. Thank you.
Rap Battle USA is back at Circuit of the Americas, February 18th through the 20th. It's the ultimate time attack challenge, where top drivers compete for the fastest lap times in fully tuned track-built cars. Featuring the Gridlife Touring Cup, Lone Star Draft Ride-Alongs, food trucks, a Just Vibes car show, and more. Plus, the Life Motorsports Nissan GTR is back to defend its time of 207-181. It's a whole weekend of family fun. Tickets are $12 online. Find out more at superlapbattleusa.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters. VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at Velocity underscore RD. Talk 13.7, the right choice. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. So you guys, when Mark Panis finished up a little while ago, he gave us some nice compliments. Do you think he's still going to think that after that last segment? He just did. But we're going. <laughs> oh come on! We're going to raise the bar a little bit, guys, because we're, we're going to talk. Meow. <laughs> no. <laughs> we Jonathan put in a great story in the show doc today, talking about F1's new robust. Governance and just the language of that. The headline is raising our developer loop. Yes. So, but it is. It's a great story, Jonathan. Uh, jump into that. Yeah. So, in the maelstrom that was the end of last season, yeah, the election of a new FIA president, Mohammed Ben uh, Suleiman, who is an ex rally car driver, very successful, uh, and I think a great appointment to replace John Todd. Although many may, may not know who he is, he's a very successful and well-respected uh, racing driver and businessman. And I actually think um, he's already started. They had their first FIA World Council meeting. Um, and basically, that was last Thursday. And in that, they said they were looking for governance topics such as transparency, collaboration, um, etc. And I think that because of what happened at the end of last season, the, the timing is right. He's also made some key appointments, one of which is Sam Michael. Uh, and those that know their Formula One over the years will know that he was a very respected engineer in Formula One uh, for the likes of uh, Williams and so on. Uh, and Sam Michael uh, will be the new president of the Safety Commission, replacing Patrick Head. Uh, and again, you know, much, uh, much of a different character, a younger guy and an important role. Also, Felipe Massa becoming president of the Drivers' Commission, Commission yeah. and Michelle Mouton as president of the Women in Motorsport Commission. And I, I really do think these are groundbreaking maneuvers by the FIA, uh, as, as they set out, to say that they want to uh, reach objectives. The Federation's governing bodies and administration will work closely together to make the, FI the, global, the FIA the global voice of motorsport and mobility. So heavy-duty mission statements, and they're not hiding. They're looking mm -hmm. for transparency. They're looking for um, a fresh brush to sweep in the, the new era. And I say, here, here. I, I like the transparency part, except I don't want transparency in one respect. I don't want the conversations on between FIA yeah. and, and the team managers. Well, I think that's already broadcast. gone. I know. I just... With the, when I saw transparency, I immediately thought of that. But well, that's good. I mean, I I, I hope that they can achieve those, and it does make sense. Um, yeah, I, we, I, I wish him well. Uh, he's got a tough. He's coming at a tough time. Yeah. But um, somebody responded on Facebook a while ago. They said, "Did anyone think Lewis Hamilton was not returning?" And you know what? I was maybe a little joking, but there was. You know, we had. Uh, 
we had Chris Medlin on the show last week, and he responded to that exactly by saying that there was a chance that he might not. And um, it sounds like to me, if if you want my interpretation of what happened, I think Lewis said, you know what? It sounds like they are taking this seriously and they are going to make some changes because, you know, Lewis Hamilton really could. He could walk away, right? I mean, he could walk away and he doesn't have to ever get out of bed again. He, yeah. <laughs> So, um, but I well, think I'd, I'd like to put a footnote on that. I know he's he's come out and said I'm back, but in other words, he's back on social media. So we've all assumed that means he's back in Formula One. Um, but I, you know, the cynic in me says George Russell's really, really good. The 22 cars are really, really unknown and not yet to be driven uh, until the 23rd of February. And talk to me on the 26th of February, and I'll tell you what Lewis is doing. Mm, no, <laughs> I think there's a, a number eight championship that he must win for his own satisfaction. I don't know. I, I, you, no one knows. We could speculate to him blue in the face. Okay. No one knows. We would. Jonathan, you, you chatted and you had another comment or, or do we already talk about that one? That was, that was it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, that's, that's not my hope by any means. I'm with Les. I want him to come back. And I also want him to win the championship fair and square with no controversy and, and then sort of literally go, good night, drop the mic. Yeah. Speaking of British drivers. Yes. One of our favorite British drivers just won the Autosports 2021 British Competition Driver Year of the Award, or Driver of the Year Award. <laughs> and that was Lando Norris. Lando. Yay! I like that. I thought that was a little bit of a surprise. Um, yeah, I don't know the criteria, but I can see how that's a little bit of a surprise. It's not Max Verstappen who won the Formula One championship. It's right. not, it's I don't not know. Lewis. Well, you know, it's interesting. I had a phone call with somebody from London here just recently and, uh, was not motorsports related intentionally, but it wound up there, of course. And they expressed how divisive things are, or how divided things are in the UK about Lewis. Oh, really? I, I find that interesting. That huh. Really, this guy's, you know, I don't know what, one of the top drivers in the world. And I get maybe you don't like some of his personal antics or his <laughs> wardrobe. But anyway. Well, what do you think, Jonathan? You're, the, you're from the UK. Yeah, there you the, go. the Brits are funny. Um, you know, they would much prefer a Damon Hill um, or a, a, a Nigel Mansell who, you know, the underdog, the guy that, you know, pushes his car across the line. The guy that could never beat Michael Schumacher, but had a go at doing it anyway. That's the British way or a Tim Henman or, a, you know, a, you know, our sporting heroes are guys that face the impossible and still come through. So, you know, Lewis doesn't fit into that category. He's a winner. He's more of an American. You know, I kind of feel like his uh, somewhat boastful, you know, presence in the way he presents himself is he draws a lot of attention to himself, you know, very American-like, if you will. Uh, you know, where I'll say most of the other British, I think of the ones that you mentioned, and they weren't somebody that really drew a lot of attention to them personally. No. So I kind of feel like that may play into it as well. Hmm. And that's why they love a Roger Federer, you know, quietly goes about his business, does isn't too showy. Yeah, the British is still pretty pretty uh, standoffish when it comes to their, their love of a sportsman, you know? Um, and I, like you say, Lewis is a modern modern day sportsman and uh, he fits more into the NBA sort of outlook in terms of clothing and his own vibe and, and so on than he would necessarily into the traditional soccer or motorsports hero. Hmm. Les, you put in a story here about Stefano Domenicali wants extended F1 title battle in 22. Yeah. Okay. How about that? I, you know, we hear about this once in a while, but I'll say never from somebody in that position that wants it. The concern about having, adding any more races, whether they're, you know, two week, two in a weekend or whatever. My concern with that is the exhaustion of the teams. Risk goes up. Cost goes up. Operating cost goes up for the teams, especially the back grid folks. All of that. Um, quite honestly, I think we're just about at the quantity of races we need to have it frequently enough that we're not in trouble with 
you're a household partner that doesn't like it or doesn't won't let you watch it in peace. But the uh, the other is it's household partner. I like that. Yeah, there you go. But uh, <laughs> significant other, something I don't know. I, I, that's a good yeah. one. I've never heard that household. So partner. anyway, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't take so much of your time that you're watching the TV every weekend to keep up with it. I like that. Now I could do that, but, <laughs> but you know I. In the true world, I don't think having a race more frequently than we already have it is good for the sport, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think 23 is too many. Um, I, you know, I go back to the days when we had 15, uh, and that was still seen as a huge effort uh, on four continents. So I do think that we are getting to a saturation point, and I know it's how you know, Liberty's model kind of works, but I think 23 is too many. I would cap it at 20. Hmm. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, they, they've, t they've talked about all different solutions, right? Where how they have two different sets of teams within each team. And these teams will do this weekend. These teams will do that weekend, but man, it's, but it, that ramps up the cost yeah, yeah, for a team to, to be competitive in it. Hmm. Hey, I got a cool story. I want to talk about, I've had it in the show doc for at least two weeks and it was talking about, all these uh, about the opportunities for investors. And um, really it boils down to the fact that, that um, for American companies, excuse me, that's the, that's the, the real key to this is that with the, the um, ESPN numbers and the Netflix series and all the attendance and all the things that have gone on last year in formula one, how exciting it is. It's really bringing out the investors, the, the people that want to get involved in formula one, one way or the other, whether that's, through sponsorship or through and and a lot of them are talking about about uh, buying teams and I'm like you probably should have bought one a year or two ago because the price of teams have you guys seen the numbers are throwing around now for teams I mean uh, you know the old model of uh, of like the Mauritius right for example where right. they come in and they do the same the same thing every other same way they've been doing it. And until they go bankrupt, right? That that was that's a quote from from Gunther Steiner. He, we had him on when he said that, and it's so true. The way Haas has done it, and come in and turn this team. Now, what do you think the Haas team is worth now? I'm sure. I bet he's really glad that he that he called up his friends at Urakali and got a another year on right on uh, two years now of of life left in the Haas F1 team. But this story talks about how more and more American and Americans and companies are getting involved. Obviously, we've got the Haas team. We got Zach Brown, Doralton Capital Williams, um, and you've got uh, the other group, um, MSP Capital, head by Jeff Morad. But but with all these ESPN numbers, and now Miami, um, there's all these things. And these Forbes is is one of the places where they they're quoting. They're talking about has valued the lower rung F1 teams now is worth low nine figures. And Ferrari and Mercedes is slightly above a billion dollars, so there is a um, there's a massive interest in investors. So yeah, and John, I, I, can I make a footnote again on that one? I would say that the the cost cap, um, the 140 million, which is going down actually, um, but it started higher and now it's uh, I think that 135, 140. That cap has also helped investors get a much better understanding on what if they invest what their return is going to be, which if you were part of a Marussia or, a, you know, one of the teams that's now gone, sadly, um, you couldn't have done that. So I think it's helped them make that decision and made it easier for them. Yeah, that's a really good point because they're seeing that the, because, you know, those other teams, those old stories, there was, you know, everybody looked at it like you're not going to make money, you know, how much money are you going to invest and not expect to get a return on that? That way of thinking is not going to work. Oh, man, we had a caller. We had Corvette Mike call in, but we are completely out of time, Mike. We are down to the last few seconds. I'm maybe sorry, buddy. Maybe he wants to invest. Maybe he wants to. Maybe he That's wants his Corvette. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Mike, we couldn't get you on. But thanks uh, thanks for calling right, in, Mike, week. and thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks to Mark Panis for coming on. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching on YouTube, Facebook. And, of course, check us out on our website, Speed City Broadcast. Follow us on Twitter and all that other stuff. And... We will talk to you next Sunday night. Ciao, y'all. Happy trip.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.